This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Jeff Bezos is my daddy, and the best way to support my daddy is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash and click the supporter artist button, shop on Amazon like Nerlywood, and I get a little kickback. Please feed the daddy. This week's episode of On Comedy Writing is brought to you by Malia Obama. On comedy writing, on comedy writing. Thanks for downloading the last episode of On Comedy Writing, the podcast about the business and craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson. Uh, this is a very uh, reflective episode, so so feel free to not listen to it. Feel free to click on this, listen to this part, and delete it. Because um, it's not about comedy writing. It's a lot about me. Which uh, is funny, because as I, as I say later, that was never the intention of the show. And I don't think it ever was. And so maybe this is a little self-indulgent thing I get to have. But um, my friend Neil Sharma interviewed me. He's a, he's a childhood friend. He was a big listener of the podcast before he went to med school. I think he dropped off after that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I love him. And, and it felt right to have him on the show, because he, he talked to me a lot about the podcast as a non-comedy writer guy, which is interesting to me. Um, so yeah, so yes, the podcast is ending. Uh, let me first say thank you to a couple different folks. Uh, Justin or Bobby was the first producer of the show. We had to go our separate ways, unfortunately, but without him, who knows if the show ever happens in the first place? Who knows if I would have done the, um, the legwork to get the show going. So I certainly am very thankful for him and his role in the show. I want to thank everyone at Boardwalk, specifically Stephen Perlstein and Christine Belay. They've been a great help over the last year and a half with the show. Uh, yeah. And I also want to thank, uh, anyone who's ever been a guest. Uh, it's truly insane. The people I've had on the show, a lot of people I look up to and, uh, still look up to, uh, as well as uh, really great younger writers that you may not have known about before the show. I was pretty, um, I'm pretty proud of the fact that I, I had a lot of writers with, um, either no credits or, or very few credits who are, you know, uh, first of all, extremely funny and, um, now you know very successful are on the way there and um lastly i want to thank everyone who's ever listened to an episode i mean geez louise i, I got i get a lot of extremely nice messages every week from people and i'm uh, i'm glad people have found the podcast useful you know it's obviously for you guys probably potential comedy writers and it's um it's nothing without the listeners so thank you for listening it's always been insane to me uh that people listen to this podcast uh you know as I'm sure it is for most podcasters, but, um, but thank you. I mean, it's, it's really, it has been really nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I explain a lot of stuff about why I'm ending the podcast and whatnot. Some stuff I had to cut out or didn't say because I'm trying to get a job. I'm trying to really cull my social media down to, to not, uh, you know, ruffle feathers and I'm trying to cull my podcast to not ruffle feathers. Um, but having said that social media, I'll be a little bit more unguarded on my Instagram stories. If you're hearing this the day it comes out, I'm going to do an AMA on Instagram stories. Uh, I suspect there will be very few questions. Uh, but, you know, there's some interesting information that I'm willing to say there and not on this podcast. So if you ask the right questions, maybe you'll get something interesting. So check it out, maybe. Or I don't. Who cares? It doesn't really matter. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll miss doing the show. But I might miss this community. Not might. I will miss the community that's shaped around the show and the people I've like met online through that uh, and in person. I, two people recognize. I know actually th- three people have recognized me in person from the podcast, which is very funny to me. <laughs> 
your fucking nerds. But uh, no, but having said that, I, I will I will uh, miss this community that shaped around the show. If you want to continue DMing me stuff, a lot of people ask me to read stuff. I, I almost always do, unless I don't have time or something. But I generally try to respond and read stuff. Uh, so please do. If you send me a DM like today or in the next couple days, I might be backed up. Because I, I guess <laughs> what a thing for me to say. I just caught up on my DMs today. Uh, and I usually get a couple more, but so I'm, I'm thinking there'll probably be a lot more because of the it's the last episode. But who knows? What a thing to say! Probably no one will DM me. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I guess that's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's funny. I I, I already recorded the episode with Neil, so this is the last thing I'm recording. So I don't know, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. I guess that's it. Uh, it's been a real, uh, it's been a real pleasure doing this for, I guess, two and a half years or however long it is. Um, yeah. So here is the final episode of On Comedy Writing. So Alan, where are you from? (laughs) You know, you know, I do, I do hate that I did that for 103 episodes. Um, the same question at the start. I think it's a good question. You know, it is, but it feels very uh, formulaic, which is maybe uh, why I'm stopping the podcast. (laughs) You know what? Sometimes, like, you got to make small talk before you can really go deep with someone. Sure, sure. And you got to, like, I don't know, it's fun hearing biographical stuff. It's cool to, like, I don't know, I like cities. I always make some remark on the cities, I think. I don't know. How did you do in in the geography bee? (laughs) <laughs> Neil, we should we shouldn't talk about the geography bee. Uh, for those who don't know, which is most of you, I had a geography bee at my apartment party, and I did not I did not participate because I wrote the questions, and also I was too drunk. Oh, I meant in middle school. Like, how are you at geography? Oh no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> Maybe is I there, did. Is there a delay? I think there's a delay. On what? On on a, I don't know. You're I don't know. Whatever. Oh, it takes you a while to hear me. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think we're whatever. Who cares? Let's keep going. We're using ZenCaster. Shout out to ZenCaster for uh, for doing this, for sponsoring this, for sponsoring this podcast. <clears throat> ZenCaster, home of your favorite podcasts. Yeah, like um, uh, the I don't know. <laughs> Let's get into the meat of this thing. All right. So, where are you from, Alan? I'm from uh, Dallas, freaking Texas, uh, and I know uh, Neil. Where are you from? I'm also from Dallas, Texas. We're both from Dallas, Texas, and uh, uh, I, just, I just wanted everyone to know because it's a pretty interesting place to be from. Where were you? Where? What, what hospital were you born in? I was born at Dallas Presbyterian Hospital. Okay, I was born in Plano. I don't know what the hospital is, but I was born in Plano. And that's weird. No, it's uh, it's pretty cool actually. Oh, okay. So, so born in Dallas, you've got a sister. Oh my god! <laughs> Why can't can we not get into this? Okay, let's get into this. I didn't think this is what we we're gonna do, but let's do it. Yeah, I got a sister. I got uh, a dad, a mom. Uh, <laughs> grew up in hey. Dallas all my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into comedy. Oh, that's a, that's a good thing to talk about. How did I get into comedy? Right, right. Well, uh, I, I also wanted to say say briefly something interesting about you is you're half Indian, half British. Yeah, that is true. And that's come up on the podcast a couple times. 
but yeah, in case you didn't know, I'm half Indian, half British. My parents met in in, uh, in Texas, in Arlington. Uh, and Neil, what, what people don't know about you is that you're half Indian, half American. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's why we're friends. That's why we're friends because we had to uh, get get together to not get bullied. That's by all right. The white men. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we both grew up in Dallas, and um, for those of you who didn't know, Alan has always been a pretty funny guy. I think really well regarded. I went to school with him <laughs> for as long as I could remember, and everyone always thought he was funny. And um, and it, do you think that really played into to how you got interested in comedy? Was being a funny person regarded as a funny person? Uh, I mean, probably. I was always uh, kind of a uh, performer type, maybe. We did a lot of like with my sister. We did a lot of like, uh, I guess, like playing theater type things. I don't know, little theater type things. We did like a lot of we did a lot of like little plays in the house and stuff. And uh, yeah, my parents encouraged that kind of stuff. I guess I was always a ham. Always wanted, always wanted attention. Oh, you were always a ham. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always a ham, never a bridesmaid. Never a bride. (laughs) Always a ham, never a bridesmaid. Damn, not even close to a bride. <laughs> not even close to a bride. Uh, but yeah, so I guess that's probably that probably was like a, a big part of it. Mm-hmm. At home, but at at school too, right? I mean, did, would you call yourself a class clown? Was that something that was kind of on your mind, or did you try and be pretty quiet during class? <laughs> during class, uh, well, I, it's funny because like I I am a naturally shy guy, which makes doing like a podcast like this kind of. Um, difficult because you meet you know a new person who's usually in almost every case older than me they have like they're well respected have a lot of credits and they come to like my apartment which is which is fine uh i don't know so i'm I, so that's that, that that was a difficult thing for me and, but yeah in general i'm a shy guy uh so i don't know if i was a class clown class clown always mm-hmm. uh, reads to me more as like a like a like an asshole like uh-huh. a guy who's like disrupting the class to like fuck around and it's not actually funny. Right. Whereas I think I was like uh just doing jokes um mainly outside the class classroom. Yeah. Mhm. A little bit more calculated, less disruptive, more observant. More observant. The 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 intelligent class clown maybe. <laughs> so you're a This genius, is going well. <laughs> I'm yeah. one of the geniuses, actually. I'm in Mensa. I, I would I would agree with that. Oh, you're in Mensa, really? No, I'm not in Mensa. You know I'm not in Mensa. <laughs> you're pretty good at Jeopardy, though. Uh, I've, I haven't watched Jeopardy in a while. Shouts out to Trebek. Shouts out to Dr- Trebek. Rest in peace. No, <laughs> Neil, no, Neil. <laughs> So what kind of uh what kind of comedy shows did you did you first get into as well, a kid? Yeah, it's interesting cuz I think um a really formative show for me. I didn't watch a lot of like uh kids shows for too long. I was pretty quickly moving on from that to other stuff. And a really formative and I would go to Blockbuster all the time and just rent stuff. And a really formative show for me was Mr. Show, which I don't mm. know if you know that show Neil. It's like a David Cross and Bob Odenkirk sketch show from the 90s. Oh, okay. Uh, it was on HBO for like four seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it's well, it's like widely regarded as like one of the best sketch, sketch shows of all time. Mm-hmm. And I was like super into. It. I don't think I even got like 
the references or what they were making fun of or like even maybe probably like half the sketches what was actually really funny about them mm-hmm. being the little seventh grader mm-hmm. um but it was it was uh it was very formative to me and i remember i was telling somebody this the other day i remember looking at uh david cross's wikipedia page uh-huh. and uh on it it said like uh he dropped out of college and he dropped out of like emerson in boston he's like in Boston, David found he liked two things, drinking and sketch comedy. And I remember thinking that was cool as hell. <laughs> and it's funny, so funny. It, I think about that often, actually, because I do think that's cool as hell. And still today, I still think that's cool as hell. <laughs> and I do think comedy today is not as like punk rock as it used to be, because it's now like a mainstream thing. There's like all sorts of different things going on. It's not about um, coolness as much as it should be, I think. Right. Um, were, was Mr. Show filmed in front of a live studio audience? It was. Why do you say it? Why do you ask? Well, because I listened, I used to watch Whose Line Is It Anyway as a kid all the time. And it was the same thing where I wouldn't get some of the jokes, like a lot of the jokes um, in the show. Yeah. But there's something about like um, the atmosphere of the show the way that that the comedians are getting laughs and the way that people are laughing that make it makes it enjoyable even if you don't understand the joke yeah it's really interesting i mean that's true i think and uh i guess that's why they do that i mean it gets gets good energy and stuff it's nice yeah you didn't get all the who's line jokes the like the the no colin mockery ryan styles gay jokes they used to do all the time i think (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I got all the bald jokes, all the big nose jokes. Right. Um, I uh, I got a lot of them, but then there there were some like archaic references to things that were just way beyond my time. Sure. Some like references to like um, old actors and and things like that. Bill but Clinton people... getting a blowy in the <laughs> Oval Office. No, I would have been all over that. <laughs> I would have known that so well. I still think about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Shout outs to President Clinton. Shout outs to President Clinton. And, and Monica. Yeah. Oh, I am Monica. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so Mr. Show. <laughs> Mr. Show oh, is a Mr. Big show. show. Yeah, you you loved Mr. Show. So I, I had no idea that you got into Blockbuster Mr. Show stuff. <laughs> Blockbuster Mr. Show. <laughs> Where did it go from there? Oh well, I mean, I, yeah, I think uh, I I I was on, like on Netflix, like when the DVDs. I, I I'm back on Netflix DVDs recently. I have not been watching it as much as I should be I'm watching mm-hmm. the Muppet Show right now, slowly, very slowly. But um, I had the DVDs, and I would just get like a bit of Fry and Laurie was another show I got. Um, <laughs> uh, the Ben Stiller show, which I I think I rewatched recently. It's still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I was also just like really into movies too. Oh, the UCB show was obviously like a big one, but I was also really into movies and stuff. And I would watch a lot of stuff like that too, but definitely I was always from the start, uh, or from that time, very, very into comedy, watching it a lot. And I guess I didn't really, I don't know. This, I, I feel like this all, this, most of like my watching and stuff was like seventh grade to like 10th grade, which is kind of crazy. I watched more movies from seventh yeah. grade to 10th grade, probably since then 10th grade till now. That's not true. That's not true, but it's close. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, so when you were 
when you got into all this stuff, was having a career related to comedy ever on your mind? Because it wasn't something you really commonly expressed to your friends, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that as, a, as one of my friends? As, as, a, as one of your few friends. <laughs> well, it's interesting because it feels like a, a career in comedy feels so um, unattainable. I think people express that on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like a real thing. And also, it feels you know, it feels vulnerable to say like I want to do this artistic thing as art as as little artistic as comedy is. It does feel vulnerable to say like I'm gonna be a comedian and stuff, right? Um, so that's probably why I wasn't expressing it too much. But I was always interested in film and television, and and writing mostly. Uh, mm -hmm. really from like, you know, pretty early age on, I mean, in seventh grade, we, we had that class with, uh, Mr. Corbin Doyle, who actually might listen to this. Doyle, if you listen to this, uh, send me a message. I'll send you a message maybe now, but he was a, a really pivotal teacher for me, a formative teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause I, I had his class in seventh grade and it was, uh, a film class and we watched like a Hitchcock movie and I, I was just, uh, yeah, changed, uh, changed my, my life. Maybe. I don't know. Right. I, I remember almost everyone loving that class. It being um it being like just so fun for everyone. Yeah, he was a great he's still a great teacher, still teaching today. And uh yeah, it is weird how that became a class that people just loved because it's like a film class is kind of like I don't know, it's very a niche. And yeah, everyone loved that class, which is a testament to him and the way he teaches. Do you feel like being in a career that's well guarded as being something incredibly like fun kind of made you feel like you shouldn't do it. Like you should be, you know, you have like an Indian mom, like did you ever get <laughs> pressure? Like you should be doing something more science related or on the beaten <laughs> path. Like, I don't know my career, like med school. Sure. Sure. And we should, we should talk about you. We probably should talk about you already, but we should talk about you just maybe some, I mean, I'll talk about you in the intro for this, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I was lucky in terms of the last part you said about Indian mom. I was lucky in that all of that was pretty much on my sister and not me. So uh, she got all the the shit, and I didn't get any of it because they because uh, they knew from an early age that I was uh, not gonna be the most uh, well behaved kid. I think <laughs> hmm. so. I, I kind of got away with a lot in terms of that. And uh, I guess yeah, it, it is a career that it's a career that a lot of people want to do, and, and especially comedy today. It's probably more popular. Comedy today is more popular than it's ever been in human history, I think. And there's more comedians definitely than there than ever before, which makes it, you know, difficult. But I guess, you know, anyone who does something, I think, in the arts, you have to have like a thing that says, like, I, I am good enough to do this. Hmm. And so you have to like, you know, follow that. And honestly, you know, there are days where you don't feel that at all. I mean, I don't know. This is like this is like maybe typical stuff people hear, but mm -hmm. I think you do have to have that certain confidence and swagger and maybe ego, which is interesting to think about. But so, yeah, I always and that's kind of a sad thing, too, is I've always felt like I would do something like this. Uh -huh. And boy, oh, boy, uh, if it doesn't work out, I do not know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it'll work out. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Neil. <laughs> I mean, soon you'll have a master's. That's got to help the resume. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, the resume. Everyone's looking for comedians with master's degrees. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk real quick about college. Or do you want to go straight into questions about the podcast? 
Yeah, but let's let's be quick. All right. So you you finish high school, king of comedy at your school, and you head to Quinnipiac <laughs> University. Yeah. Did you did you pick the school knowing um, you wanted to do film there? I, I think you did, right? I did. I mean, I, I was just uh, yeah. If there's any high schoolers listening to this, which there might be, I guess. I was uh, very chill about the college admission thing. I think because I was like, I didn't want to go. I mean, I almost didn't go to college uh, in terms of I got in and like I wanted to drop out and I almost dropped out and then I didn't. And then I thought about dropping out for like another two years and then I was like, okay, I'll finish it. And somehow I've ended up now with a master's degree, which is pretty funny. But um, especially considering how cool you think drinking and dropping out of school is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The big thing for me is I think drinking school and I think school sucks and uh, class clowns suck too, which is actually kind of cool. Kind of cool with me. But um, yeah, that is cool. (laughs) But uh, oh, so I I wanted to do film because I guess that's kind of the closest thing to comedy. I really wish I had known that there was like something like dramatic writing at NYU. That's more of what I wanted to do is a, a writing uh, program that wasn't like, you know, fiction or poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know of that. So I applied to film programs. Um, and the the one I really wanted to go to is Chapman. And mm-hmm. I didn't get in. Um, right. And so then I, I got into Emerson and mm-hmm. Quinnipiac and I mm-hmm. went to Emerson and I didn't like that it was a, uh, a city campus mm-hmm. and I didn't like that it was kind of an art school. I kind of wanted uh, more normal people, mm-hmm. I guess. Did, did I you want more of kind of a traditional college experience? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to like, I don't know, I still do feel like I'm like the, the least, uh, artsy fartsy to use a poor word of the people who do like artsy fartsy stuff mm-hmm. and i like and i like being that and i like being like well-rounded in terms of that so for me that was like if i went to emerson i'd probably you know hang out with a lot of uh a lot of crazy people which i would have been cool with and i do that i did that at quinnipiac and i did that i do that now certainly at nyu Right. And it's great, but uh, I think it, it wouldn't have been a good time for me to do that then. So I ended up at Quinnipiac, Hamden, Connecticut, baby. Camden, Connecticut, baby. And boy, Hamden. boy. Sorry, Camp, Campden? Hamden, Hamden. <laughs> yeah, Hamden. That's what I said. Hamden, baby. I'm a, I was a ham from birth. Oh, I forgot. You were a ham from birth who loved drinking, dropping out of school. And now I'm in the den at Quinnipiac. And so you have just a plethora of traditional college experiences. <laughs> yeah, you know, the homecoming game, uh, tipping a cow. Uh, <laughs> you tipped a cow? I tipped a cow. No, I, I, I didn't tip a cow. No, I know. If only. If only. I, isn't that horrible? Isn't, isn't it like you tip a cow, they die? I, I feel like that's a, a myth that we should bust. Yeah, this is now Mythbusters podcast. Myth number one. Can you tip a cow? Does it die? Well, it's one Google search away. I'll Google it right now. No, I don't think we need to do that. We can keep going. Oh, no. You can hear him typing. Cows routinely lie down and can easily regain their footing unless sick or injured. 
Okay. Myth busted. Myth busted. <laughs> All right, you want to do another myth? <laughs> what other myth do you no, have? No, 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 let's keep going. Okay. Let's bust so, the, the myth of uh, Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> Does right. did he exist? <laughs> did he did he really have sex with Hera? <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> do you remember we, we, we hey who were you? We were in the fifth grade uh Greek play, which is the Greek mm-hmm. mythologies. I was uh Epimetheus. You were? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, Tom Postma was Prometheus, I was his brother. <laughs> Tom Postman had had all the the best lines, and I was like secondary. I was pissed off about that. I do remember that. He really played off you. Yeah, I mean, to be be fair, Tom was a perfect Prometheus. Tom, to this day, is probably a perfect Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, I bet so. I bet so. I got the part of... I I auditioned and got the part of... I, I auditioned for Apollo. Then they cast me as Ares, the Greek god of war. Um, and as a really weird fifth grade kid, I turned down the part because I didn't want to portray such a mean <laughs> character. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's so funny. And so I I wasn't going to do anything. Um, but then they said I had to I had to do something. Uh, so they ended up giving me the part of uh, Narcissus. Oh, cl- I mean, that's perfect for that kid. Yeah, so I just went up and, uh, you know, I was just myself. And you were famously John the Rabbit. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, we don't need to go into that, but Neil had some very popular roles at the school. I loved I loved to sing, so I was in a couple musicals. Yeah, The Wedding Singer, starting Adam Sandler and Neil Sharma. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you played uh, Drew Barrymore's part. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Adam Sandler, his own part. It was yeah. great. <laughs> uh, but what were we talking about? We, well, we've really gone on a big tangent oh, here. I don't know. I don't know where you took us, honestly. I, I got us to Quinnipiac. So I was at Quinnipiac. Uh, at Quinnipiac, I did uh, some comedy stuff and some acting stuff and some writing stuff. Right. Um. Yeah, and it, college is good. Oh, yeah, let me say that now that I talked about dropping out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Col- college is good. Uh, you sh- if you can afford it, you should go. Right. Uh, I don't know about taking student debt, how, how much student debt you take out, but uh, you should go to college if you can because you, you you do learn a lot. Yeah. Well, how clear was that path, that non traditional path you're considering? Because you were thinking, I'm going to drop out and try to make it in comedy. That's true. Route, right. So true. I'm guessing you you thought a lot about it, and as to my understanding, it is to an extent a feasible route. <laughs> it, it is it is uh i would say at 18 i didn't have like the life experience to do kind of what i wanted to do it would have been insane as an 18 year old immediately leaving my house and going to live on my own in la hmm. uh without having previously lived uh anywhere but my parents house um and that was the plan i was gonna go to la and take like ucb classes and try to figure shit out who knows? I mean, honestly, uh, things might have worked out. I don't know. But uh, I, I feel like I'm on a much better path doing what I did. Yeah. I think also um, as an outsider looking in on how your life has been since you started college, I feel like you built a lot of personal momentum 
I feel like college was really good for you in that is true different things Neil it's very it's a very true thing I think I did kind of uh become less of a shithead which is funny because I still do feel like a total shithead all the time <laughs> but I, I really did up my game a little bit in a in a good way mm-hmm. yeah that's good and still rolling with it and still rolling still yeah I'm still rolling on ecstasy from last night whoa <laughs> okay let's keep going this is NSFW NSFLW not safe for ladies <laughs> ladies at work ladies at work okay <clears throat> <laughs> So you graduated from Quinnipiac, yeah. still the king of comedy. <clears throat> actually, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and um, actually, where and then where in this timeline do you then you come to L.A. and start the podcast? Is that right? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is actually kind of an interesting story. So this will be good. But I, I do want to say in college, I wanted to do an, a topic episode about this, but we never really got the people together. Uh-huh. Uh, I was on a um, an onion style um newspaper called uh, the barnacle mm-hmm. and uh we would do like campus stuff and like topical stuff just like the onion kind of uh and that was like really great creative outlet for comedy um and like showcasing it off and they're still doing it today and uh yeah that was uh, uh really wonderful for me and I, I got a lot of connections kind of through that so that was also really nice um right. but i graduated so i graduated 2016 uh, I was, uh, I, I was on an improv team in Connecticut in Hartford. Mm-hmm. I, I just auditioned and got on the improv team at CT, CT comedy theater, which I, I've heard only good things about. I never really, I never did it cause it wasn't opened until I was supposed to, but then it wasn't opened until I, I left before it opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I had an interview at WWE to be a production assistant in Stanford. So I was right. really living the Connecticut rich man's life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> trying to make the entertainment industry work in Connecticut mm-hmm. um, for virtually no reason. Like I, my ties to Connecticut were Quinnipiac and that's it. I could have, there was really no reason for me to stay in Quinnipiac <laughs> um, or stay in Connecticut. Um, and I was kind of like apprehensive about all that. Cause I was like, you know, geez, PA at WWE. I don't know if that's uh, great, but uh, I went to the Dell close marathon. Mm-hmm. It's an improv marathon at UCB. It was. It used to be in New York for many years. And it's now in LA, starting next year or starting this year. And um, I, uh, I went to a, a couple shows, mm-hmm. and I, I and I, you know, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I was walking uh, to my friend's apartment. I was staying with a friend because I didn't live in New York at the time. And I um, put on. It was like five in the morning. And I didn't want to pay for a taxi, so I was just waiting. Oh, because the Doug Close Marathon's on 24 hours a day for three days. So it was like all, all, all hours of the, day, of the night. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to get a taxi, so I was waiting uh, for a subway. And so I put on a podcast. It was uh, Improv for Humans with Matt Besser. Mm-hmm. And on it, he was talking about how his, uh, his intern left um, left the show. That's right. Kinda, was, I totally remember kinda, this. Yeah, he was kind of complaining about it. And I was like, you know, I've always been kind of an opportunist type guy. And so I was like, you know, I'll send him an email. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just look for an email from Matt Besser and I'll uh, send him a resume and see what he says. So I find an email from Matt Besser, which honestly, that's kind of an under underrated part of that story. How did I find that email? I don't know. But I found an email from Matt Besser. Uh, and I said, hey, Matt, uh, my name's Alan. Uh, 
uh, here's my resume. I heard you need an intern. And since then, did not think about it. Uh, I come back from New York. I'm back in Dallas, actually, because I was going back to Dallas. Um, I was going to move to Connecticut in July. This is like uh, this is like early June, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or I was going to move to Connecticut in August, maybe. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Oh, very important. Uh, I know, right? We should clarify that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of when the Del, the Del Close Marathon must have been late June. So it would have been July, whatever. So I was back in Dallas. I think I was uh, just hanging out at home. And I get an email like three days later from Matt Besser saying, do you live in LA? <laughs> uh, and so I go to my parents and I say, I try to explain these things to them. UCB, Matt Besser, <laughs> Improv, Los Angeles, California. I didn't really understand it. <laughs> and but they're, they're like, Alan, you ham. Get out of the house. <laughs> you freaking Hamden. Um and they, they didn't really understand it, but they were extremely supportive. And I told them, like, hey, listen, uh, this could be, like, a good thing for me. W- what if I uh, tell him I – oh, so then I, I, did, I, so then I was like, you know, I'll tell him I live in L.A. and see what he says next. So I told him I lived in L.A. and he's like, can you come to the studio, uh, like, the, J- July 6th? So it was, it was the end of June. He was like, can you come to the studio July 6th? And I was mm-hmm. like – uh yeah <laughs> and so my parents god bless them and this is like uh very nice it shows like how much you know i mean like being able to afford stuff is like really important because no one no one else in my situation could have done this mm-hmm. unless you could have afforded a flight my parents paid for me to fly to la go uh directly to the studio uh yeah i thought it was gonna be make an interview type thing but it wasn't really we, i got the, i got the job and we like i was there for the first podcast I think it was mm-hmm. uh, it was Paul Rust, John Gabris, mm-hmm. and one other person. I'm sorry that I can't remember who this is, but it was one other person. Maybe Jess McKenna. I don't think it was Jess McKenna, but someone else. Uh, so already like Paul Rust, John Gabris, like those are like those guys are so funny. Right. And uh, yeah, I got the the job, and so I immediately left the uh, studio, went back to the airport, uh, <laughs> flew flew home to Dallas. We I flew in for the day. Uh, and then like, I told my parents, Hey, I need to, I need to move to LA and they were very supportive about it. And so, um, I think I planned a little road trip cause we, our friend Nick was in Marfa. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, uh, I drove to Marfa and hung out with him for like a day or two. And then I drove from Marfa to, uh, LA and I moved in, I lived in Airbnb for a month and then I found a place and I was there for a year. Yeah. And, and so Pretty during nuts. that time, during that time, you you learned a lot. I feel like about uh, the podcast life, and and you got the bug. I, I, yeah, I got bit by the podcast bug, the worst bug to get bit by by <laughs> far. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess like the the stuff with the the Besser thing just goes to show you to like, if you put yourself out there, you send an email, uh, you know, people will if you share like some interest, people will like respond to that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing, uh, I, I kind of had wanted to do a podcast. There's two podcast ideas I had. One was this on comedy writing and the other was uh, a sketch comedy podcast, uh, that would have been like pretty, uh, labor intensive for me to do. Mm -hmm. And I had these two ideas, but I wasn't really thinking much about them. I was kind of busy with the, uh, the, the earwolf stuff. And I was, I started doing like UCB stuff immediately and I was already doing comedy around. So I was getting kind of busy with stuff and I had to do like some other stuff on the side to get money. And, uh, 
I saw on Facebook this guy wanted to start this podcast collective, uh, and he was looking for ideas. So I, I sent him a message, and I just pitched him both of these. And he's like, well, the sketch comedy one, I don't think I could commit to doing that. But this other one, this this one with the, about writers, I think that would be like really good and a really good niche, mm-hmm. and I'd love to do it. And so uh, that was probably like a month or two after moving to L.A., and we started recording in October – and uh, I think we started releasing episodes in December. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was that. I guess to say, why did I think of the idea of this podcast? Because uh-huh. this, this was at a time when I was listening to a lot of these podcasts. I mean, I will say uh, I barely listen to podcasts today. For like the past year or so, I like, haven't really listened to too many podcasts. I listen to like uh-huh. three or four and some sports ones. And that's about it. Uh, this was not true at the time. At the time, I was listening to podcasts all the time. Pretty much my entire time in LA, I was listening to podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I listened to a lot of like ones with comedians interviews, um, like Marin. Uh, and uh, the thing about Marin, I, I think Marin's fine, but he doesn't get into like it's more about like their psyche and whatnot, which I think is really interesting, but not necessarily the most thing thing I want to hear most. But there uh-huh. was a guy who did have a podcast, and I won't name who he is because I'm I'm going to shit on him a little bit. And it, it was with comedians and actors and writers, and uh, he got really great guests. But the guy, I think, was just like he just he 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 made the interview too much about himself. He interjected it like too much, mm-hmm. and he like was kind of a little a little dim, maybe. <laughs> he, he, he was some. He wasn't in Mensa. <laughs> That's he just, wasn't in Mensa. Yeah, he wasn't like me. He's not getting his master's in fine arts. Let's just say <laughs> that. Uh, and so uh, he'd have all these great guests and the, the interviews would be so bad and it would be such a bummer. And I was thinking to myself, like, I could I could do that. And uh, I found out after two and a half years, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That really embodies it all, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I guess, uh, I guess maybe we're going a little, not chronologically here, but... One of the things that I took from that podcast that I, that I didn't want to do in my podcast, and I think I've, this has been true from the get-go, was A, to not make it about myself because no one's listening for me. They're listening for the guest, and that's like the thing that's important. And I think I've kept that true, true throughout the whole run. Yeah, I guess and until t- right now when we're making an entire episode about you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, no one cares about you, Neil. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about myself. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh and two is just to be really well informed, because that's another mm-hmm. thing. This guy was not—he was not well informed, right? And so, uh, yeah, my big thing was to always do uh, a good amount of research before a guest, right? I think also something that um, goes beyond just doing research before your interview that makes you a pretty good interviewer from the outside again is that you are just generally pretty knowledgeable about a lot of comedy-related stuff and just pop culture generally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do keep up with that stuff. And the comedy stuff, obviously, I'm, I'm extremely interested in. And it's funny because um, through the podcast, I've become, like, well aware of, like, multiple things about comedy that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And I don't think I like it. Like, I know too much now of, of stuff. I'm too, I'm too like, um, zeroed in on things. And that's part of the reason I want to end the podcast because it is so lame to think about comedy. Comedy is so damn lame. That's the thing you should take away from this. Comedy is very lame. It's very uncool. Wait, why is it so lame and uncool? I mean, it's just like, you know, it's a bunch of, you know, I mean, look at improv. It's just a bunch of nerds doing make-believe. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that can be sometimes very magical and fun, but also it's uh, inherently kind of stupid and you shouldn't treat it with such reverence maybe. And mm. also it's like, uh, out of all the things to think about, well, I think about comedy all the time. I truly wish I did not think about comedy as much as I do. And I think I'll, I think when this podcast ends, I'll, I'll probably stop and it'll be nice. And I can just focus on doing comedy, which is what I want to do. Wow. That's, um, that's such a funny thing to say coming from someone whose career is in comedy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I think, um, I think I heard someone say this once. I forget who it was. It might have been Will Hines, who, who was my improv teacher in LA. Great improv teacher. Great guy. Uh-huh. I think he used to do the, the UCB podcast where they would interview, um, different like performers and talk about it's kind of similar to my podcast and but for improv and um he stopped doing it and they did like a slew of other podcasts that had nothing to do with comedy and he said something like yeah it's just like when you're doing comedy you don't want to be talking about comedy and it's like it's not fun and it's like not a good use of your like mental space i think that is true Hmm. and i guess i will say i mean i i guess we need to talk more about podcasts before i get to why i'm ending it but that does tie into kind of why I think this is like a good time for the, for me to stop. So <clears throat> we've talked a little bit about why you, uh, why you started the podcast, um, the steps you took to actually start the podcast. You also kind of talked about, right. You met that guy. Yeah. So I guess I'll talk more about, uh, that guy. I feel, I feel weird not to name him. It feels weird to name him. Cause like things, uh, soured in a way. Right. But not, not, not in like a, a very salacious or like terrible way, but, I did the podcast with him for a while, like probably the first, I mean, yeah, the podcast ran kind of infrequently, but pretty frequently from December to, I want to say like March or April. Mm -hmm. It was with this guy. He had a a little recording, um, portable studio, like in his place. It was very nice. Uh, and we ended up clashing because we, the whole thing was we're going to do it 50, 50. And then when it becomes profitable, we'll split the money. And then, so right now, so right now he was doing a lot of the, he, he was paying for a lot of the overhead and he was you know, paying for his time, mm-hmm. which I understand. So he wanted, um, eventually he was saying, Hey, you need to rent the place for me. You need to rent it for the time. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not what we agreed upon. That's not really what I want to do. So, uh, I, we, you know, pretty amicably split after that. Cause it's like, you know, I, I thought it was very fair. That's what he wanted, but it also wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so then the podcast stopped for a while and it didn't start up again until I, uh, I met with, uh, uh, Steven Perlstein at Boardwalk Audio. And I like said, Hey, if uh, I'd like to be on your network, would you be interested? And he was. And so, uh, mm-hmm. I bought my own equipment, which was not as good as the previous guys, but ho- hopefully still decent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I started recording in my own apartment probably again around like June Mm-hmm. uh yeah how, can you talk a little bit more like how did you find boardwalk i so honestly i uh was just looking around la podcast networks it's hilarious that there's so many <laughs> uh and i i knew i knew of boardwalk uh because i listened to their stuff mm-hmm. uh i think they were like maybe the second one after or maybe the third one after uh earwolf and feral or mm-hmm. and now starburns I think Boardwalk was maybe the third one in LA. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. And so I was familiar with their stuff. And so uh, I emailed a couple places. And uh, yeah, St- uh, Stephen got back to me. We met at the UCB Inner Sanctum and talked. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it made sense. 
That's good. I mean, that's kind of another pivotal moment to find a, sure. a different spot. I mean, it would have been a real bummer if the podcast ended after like 14 episodes. Right. And now over a hundred. Over a hundo, yeah. You you have a, a you know a pretty solid following. It's pretty cool to think about how many uh how many hits you've got, you know, something like how many hits? <laughs> how many hits? How many people have tuned in? Oh, I see. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's really crazy to think about. Um, and I, you know, I get a lot of messages on like Twitter or e- even Instagram, uh, about from people saying they listen to the podcast and they got this or that out of it. And it's, it's really nice. It's extremely nice. I, they give me, they give me too much credit. I'm a guy who's got the equipment and, uh, good at emailing people. Um, but uh, I do appreciate it, and I, and I do think it's kind of um, – if I have any legacy on this earth, I think it's this podcast, which is both sad but also uh, kind of nice. So, yeah. I think that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is to have something that will stick around for a while. And it's just amazing to think about how many how many people you've talked to and and researched and – you probably yeah, I mean, like, changed a lot, learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and I will say, we'll get to this in a second probably when we talk about why I'm ending it. But mm-hmm. uh, I do think I've changed quite a bit from the start of this in terms of where like, in terms of where I was at as a comedy writer mm-hmm. uh, and where I am as a person, which has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do, I do want to say, uh, you brought up, I've talked to so many people. Uh, I, I'm flabbergasted at everyone who's ever come on the podcast. I think it's it's uh, insane that everyone, for the most part, uh, won't, wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Which is, I probably about, I probably get about 80% of the people I email, which is insane when you think about that. Yeah, that's so great. It's People in the comedy community are very nice. And um I'm I'm very thankful as a guy who uses the, uses them I guess for content. Um yeah, and it's it's uh it's been it's been kind of a, a nice little thing to see like this is the comedy community in New York and in LA are both pretty supportive. Right. They're supportive and it also seems like a pretty tight tightly knit group, you know. I feel like you get some people on the you get a lot of people on the podcast who know someone who's already been on the podcast, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. So um when I will you, say, one, thing, yeah, one thing I want to say is uh the first episode we released was with Joe Saunders, a very funny writer, mm-hmm. uh for at Comedy Bang Bang and uh various other places. And uh he's like a, a kind of a soft spoken dude. Uh and kind of maybe a shy guy. He he would maybe characterize himself, I don't know. And uh Scott Ackerman uh saw the the tweets and he um quote retweeted it my first episode he quote retweeted it and just said yikes <laughs> right. he's making because he's making fun of joe saunders and i i i owe him so much for that because i have built my audience from the ground floor uh yeah i mean that that was that was pretty big for me actually which is very funny to think about <laughs> it, uh, it was I, also I, great because you use that in a way to to have him on the show later right well, it's funny. Cause, so I working at Earwolf. I, I I didn't really see him too much because I didn't do stuff for Comedy Bang Bang. But I uh, went to the Earwolf holiday party and I met Scott there and I told him about it and he thought it was funny. Uh, and then of course, uh, you know, later, oh god, probably like seven, eight months later, I had him on the podcast. 
uh, himself and we talked for like a while and that was uh, you know that's uh, a dream come true i, I, I should have said this earlier but another big like really formative comedy thing for me was uh comedy bang bang listening to that it was comedy death ray when i started listening to it like in sophomore year of high school mm-hmm. uh yeah because that, that's that that actually that actually i should have maybe go into that a little bit that actually yeah. is where I, I thought like comedy could be a thing because there's this theater ucb theater where people are doing this stuff that's like funnier than the stuff on tv mm-hmm. and is like um and these people are successful you know mm-hmm. and so uh that actually was was very big for me and as i'm sure it's very huge for people who listen to my podcast probably were greatly affected by comedy bang bang comedy bang just released a 10 hour episode to commemorate their 10th anniversary wow and that's like that's insane and uh i, I haven't listened to it yet but that's like um what a great show and then yeah and scott scott what a great guy he came on the came on my podcast very nice man Nothing but nice things to say. Yeah, it's great. The community helped you out from the from the jump. So yeah, yeah. And so you're saying you get like eighty percent of the guests you email, and the way you get guests, to my understanding, is you you either uh, DM them on Twitter or you find their email in some way or another and just just reach out to them, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say probably um. Set, set, uh, probably 90% are cold emails. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and they're cold emails, but they also like, I list some guests I have and they, and they can obviously Google it and find the guests too. So they, they'll, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people when they get to see the, when I get, they see the email from me, they text their friends who've been on the show and they ask if I'm like a weirdo or not. Uh, mm-hmm. And all of them say, all of them say I'm weird and then they don't come on. Wrong. Wrong. But, uh, but yeah, so it is cold emailing, which is kind of nuts, which is why it's even crazier that, you know, people come on the show. <laughs> That's cool. And then, so how do you publicize it after you, uh, after you get the guests? Yeah, on? I forgot. I forgot I wrote that question, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> how do I publicize it? It's not even that interesting, I guess, but, uh, I, I, I haven't done much publicizing. I mean, the cool thing about a podcast with this concept where you have like a guest, um, who people, and it's about their life, they'll like probably want to retweet it. Mm-hmm. And then you can like um, the people who are interested in that person will find it and like listen to it, right? So that's like uh, honestly like the the big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it is a bit of self publicity for the people to come on to the podcast. Sure, and, and uh, I I haven't really done much publicity for it, especially in the last like two years mm-hmm. of it, sure. uh, which I think is fine. I mean, I, I think people it will find it if they want it, you know. Yeah, and you've never been a man who loved social media, so. <laughs> I mean, you say that I I am on it quite a bit, unfortunately. Yeah. That's right. Anyone listening, if you haven't heard, seen Alan's Instagram stories, they're top notch. I'd recommend them. Well, I'm, I'm like semi-retiring from it, but yeah. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> <clears throat> when did it first feel like the podcast was getting an audience? Well, I'll say um, it was very cool to see like people start following it on Twitter and to get in like when the first couple messages rolled in. I thought that was very awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, it felt really good. Uh, the, when I felt the podcast was actually like uh, becoming super, not super successful, but it's coming like, oh, this like is kind of a thing. It was, I had um, Nick Weiger, a very funny writer. I had Nick Weiger on right. one week. Yeah. Or sorry, I had Scott Ackerman on. Uh, 
one week and then the next week I had on Nick Weiger mm-hmm. and like uh, the numbers for those two episodes were like very big and they kind of helped cemented the show up to like a tier mm-hmm. that it uh yeah that was a uh, that was different so uh that's probably when I felt it was super successful I got you know I got write ups in in Split Cider and Vulture and the uh, Life Hacker right and those were that was really nice too so uh, I guess there's little little uh, waypoints that uh, I felt, you know, the podcast was doing something, something good. Mm-hmm. And it, has it kind of, um, you said you like reached another tier with Scott Ackerman. Yeah. And some guests after that. Have you feel like that's kind of been the tier that you've stayed at or have these like, <laughs> articles like bumped you up? Have you ever felt like there's another place to go or? It's interesting. I mean, I do think uh, we should probably talk about me going to New York because if I stayed in LA, I do think the podcast, and this is maybe a sad thing. I, so I've, I've been back to LA a couple times and I've recorded some podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some people who do want to do the podcast who are fairly big names that we just can't can't work a time when I'm in town. Right. And uh, if I had like those people, uh, the podcast would probably be uh, much bigger in some respects. Uh-huh. Which honestly, you know, as now as now I talk about it as a guy who's ending this podcast, uh, I don't know if I would have wanted that, you know, because it would, maybe I would have been like beholden to doing it for for longer than I wanted to. Right. I was gonna say you seem you seem very satisfied with how things have gone, you know. I, I am. I am. I think it's it's like the perfect time for me. We can, you know, I'll talk more about that in a second. Sure. I keep on saying that. I keep on teasing. All right. This all big, right. big final segment. Well, then let me work through these these questions that you've given me to say to you. <laughs> you don't. Have to, you don't have to say all these questions. These are just. <laughs> well, okay, but you wanted. You just said you wanted to talk about going from L.A. to New York, and yeah, that changed the podcast. How, how did that change it? Yeah, so it changed it quite a bit. So I I, I got into uh, grad school at NYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, it changed the podcast. Well, for one, I had like much less time. My, my, uh, my first year I had an internship, I had classes. And so I like had really one day to record the podcast. So if I didn't get a guest that day, I was like kind of in some trouble. Uh, and I also was like just completely tired all the time that semester. But, um, the big change is like in, in LA, you have all these different kinds of comedy writers. You have screenwriters, you got TV writers, you got the late night shows, you got like people doing weird, interesting stuff. I mean, Jamie Loftus uh, ha- didn't have a TV credit yet, but she was doing some like really phenomenal cartoons, and I, it was really awesome to have her on. Mm-hmm. in in uh in New York, there's less of that because there's less industry here, so it's all it's mostly late night writers. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I mean, as people know who who listen to this podcast, I do have on a, a, I do have a lot of late night writers on. Mm-hmm. It's difficult because I don't want to have as many on because it's kind of a similar experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's honestly been the biggest change of the podcast. It's just, it's just the incessant talk about late night, which has made me like very uh, jaded with late night comedy. All right. So Alan, why are you ending the podcast? All right. So I, I just mentioned the hundred episode thing that that was always kind of in my mind, but I do think um, if we're talking just like personal life stuff, I do think I'm, I, I'm finishing my master's uh, like in two weeks. Uh-huh. I graduate in two weeks. Congratulations. That seems like a, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that seems like a great time to end it because it's like I, I won't be burdened. Not burdened, but I won't have like <clears throat> that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also uh, 
a thing I think about a lot is I, I do have now some sort of following. I, I, hate, I hate to say the word following, but I do have some sort of notoriety. And it's not for comedy. It's for like these comedy interviews, which are like adjacent to comedy, which is not what I want to be doing. Uh, and I, and so you kind of have to think like, how do I want to brand, brand myself, which sounds so lame, but how do I want to brand myself? Hmm. And I definitely don't want to be a comedy journalist. They're, they're a really great comedy journalist, but I don't want to do that. Uh-huh. I want to do comedy. And so it's to, to do this show is almost a hindrance to that. Right. People will think of me not as a comedian, but as a comedian interviewer i see so this is what it what it ties back to what you're talking about earlier you don't want to just talk about comedy you'd much rather do it sure and 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 like like i said earlier too uh i i was into podcasts like these you know three years ago when i started this podcast i have not listened to a podcast like this in forever uh and i so there's like a time again because and, and, and sorry go ahead Oh, I was saying, so there's a time and a place for it. Because I feel like um, what you've made, old Alan would be interested in listening to. Yes. And I think that's... Um, Back in the day, younger I think that's good. Are you, is there something, like some feedback thing? I don't know. Are you hearing something weird? Yeah, when I'm talking, I can kind of hear myself. And now I can't. Okay, I'll keep talking now. It might be um, I can turn down the volume a little bit. One second. Yeah, turn down the volume. Yeah, I think there, there's certainly, by me saying that I, this is not a podcast I would listen to as me today, I don't think it's a, a saying much, saying anything too crazy, I guess. Because, you know, th- th- this is a podcast for young comedy writers who want to like learn more about being, you know, having a career in comedy writing. And, uh, it's, it's, it serves a time and a place, like you said, mm-hmm. and I think it does that well. And that's, but that is what it does, you know? And I think that's, mm-hmm. um, that's why it's kind of, uh, I think served its time for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the thing is, uh, the cool thing is I do think like this podcast will have like a, a nice shelf life, which is probably not true for like a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. You know, I think that's a cool thing. Yeah, your legacy will live on for quite a while, huh? <laughs> I know. I, I hated I said legacy earlier. I want to say this is not a legacy, but if I ever did have a legacy, it would be this, unfortunately. <laughs> Let's be clear on that. You know, your legacy will be your your children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my legacy will be my children. <laughs> I agree. How do you think um, comedy has changed? while you've had a podcast well i mean in in a real negative sense uh, i do think the cool thing that's also the sad thing about having this podcast is you kind of you kind of did see a lot of like sea change in the industry in terms of like online stuff Mm -hmm. like uh i mean funnier die is you know not what it was it's basically done Mm -hmm. uh the onion i mean the the sad thing the onion's like not in a good place right now which is kind of scary and troubling I mean, online uh, online digital media stuff is like completely dead. Right. I feel uh, like you, you've been talking about that through a couple episodes. Like you started that maybe like last year or maybe even before. Yeah. We, there's an episode with Matt Kleinman who really illustrated it really well. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that, that was like for a lot of comedy writers, like uh, uh, up and coming comedy writers, that was like the first paying gig that paid well. Or not even that well, but it paid and like could get them credits. And then from that they could get TV show stuff. 
and that's basically a gone mm-hmm. and that and that maybe was still there in 2016 when this started so i mean that's a sad way i mean I, ios is gone and, and obviously ucb actually ucb is like uh losing its presence in new york and kind of going through financial stuff so i guess uh it's a weird time for comedy i don't know if it's uh uh it's definitely not great but i don't know if it's good or bad if you're starting out i can't tell probably bad <laughs> it's probably probably is bad yikes um but you know these things go in cycles so it'll, it'll probably there'll be something else soon that'll be good i don't know yeah and something optimistic that you had said earlier was just the the number of people who are interested in comedy these days right Sure, sure. I mean, there's there's more uh, there's more content than ever. <laughs> yes, dude. Yes, dude. I love content. I'm a content creator. The comedy king, baby. The king of comedy at Green Hill School. And Quinnipiac. And Quinnipiac. <laughs> Soon to be New York University. New York University's very own. So what? I, I, I'm I'm the most famous alumni of New York University. Did you know that? Because I have a podcast. That makes you the most. You know who the most famous is? It's Maggie Rogers. <laughs> okay, let's move on. All right. Would you ever do another podcast? Uh, I I maybe would. I don't know what it would be. It would maybe be something to do with sports or music because those are the things I like that are not comedy related. And um, it, certainly not for a little bit. I think I will enjoy not having to put out a podcast every week. That'll be mm-hmm. that'll be very nice, actually. Uh, but uh, but maybe down the line I would. I I, I don't want to do it with. I also want to do it with a host, a co-host. That would be a coast. Uh, a coast, baby. I want to do it with best coast. <laughs> um, no, but that would be uh, much better, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna take a break from podcasting. What are you going to be doing next? You're graduating in a couple of weeks. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a fun time in my life because I there's so many things I could be doing. And also could not be doing. I, I graduate in two weeks. I'm living in New York for sure until August, and then after that, I don't know. I might go back to LA. I might, might stay in New York, looking looking for work. Oh yeah, I guess I should say I'm looking for work. I'm looking for any freelance writing stuff. You throw it my way. DMs are open. Um, yeah, just uh, trying to trying to get the career off the off the on off the off the what? What's the saying? Ground. Off the ground, off the ground. Well, Alan, you are an incredibly talented man. <laughs> Shut up. I love you, and you're going to do great. I love you too, Neil. Uh, thanks for doing this. Neil, I, I, I'll I, say this maybe at the, the, the beginning, but Neil uh, it was uh, one of my very good friends and an avid listener of the show until he got into med school, which I think he dropped off. I, I did drop off when med school started. I apologize for that. No, it's fine. But to, to listen to this podcast and not be like wanting to become a comedy writer, I think is very insane. And it's very nice and testament to uh, to how much how, how good of our friendship is. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Neil, you want to plug anything before we go? <laughs> I've got nothing to plug. Um, I'll I'll uh, I guess I'll plug my Twitter. And uh, my oh, Twitter is at the real ask J. I don't like that Twitter handle. And my Instagram is uh, Dugary Man. Uh, probably not going to Instagram too much, but I don't know. Maybe I am. Um, 
yeah, that's it. And I guess I just want to say uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. It is, it is nuts that you all did this. You all listened to this for for this long. And it, it actually does mean a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, people DM me all the time. You can keep DMing me. I I, I, I try to reply to everybody. I'm, I'll, I'm a little behind right now, and I'll probably be behind when this comes out. But uh, I'll get to it eventually. And, uh, yeah, I, just re- I really appreciate uh, anyone who took the time to listen to this. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs> this has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.